Welcome to our live stream Wednesday night service. I'm Pastor Yvette Gallinor from Word of Faith Global Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I want to thank those of you that are constantly sending me messages and letting me know how you shared these messages with your friends and your families. So I can't thank you enough for that. I take the Word of the Lord and the preaching or teaching of the Word of the Lord very, very seriously. And so therefore, I really am um, full of joy and I rejoice in the Lord when you send me those messages and when you like and you share and uh, you also uh, subscribe to our channels. Um, if you don't know, we are on YouTube, we are on Facebook, we're on all sorts of social media, Instagram as well, and we're on podcasts. So you can catch any of these messages in uh, whether it's on podcasts or Facebook, as well as on YouTube. So once again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, I wanted to bring you a word that I actually gave to our church back in September. And here's what happened is that um, <clears throat> we were in the middle of uh, preaching this message and we had some, apparently some technical difficulties and the message did not go through on the airways. Um, in its entirety. So we have just a little tiny piece of it. Those that were in our congregation heard the message, but it never made it out into the airways. And I wanted to make it a point of bringing this message in its entirety to you here tonight. So um, for those of you that uh, have heard the message when you were sitting in the sanctuary, you're going to hear it again. Maybe there's a little different taste to it, but <laughs> you're going to hear it again. And uh, how many of you agree with me that sometimes we need to hear a certain message numerous times in order for it to really sink in and get into our minds, into our hearts, into our spirit? Um, so I want to bring this to you. This is a um, series that we uh, did in the month of September, and it was entitled The Missing Peace. And not peace as in, as in a piece of something, but peace like Remember that peace that surpasses all understanding that the word talks about. So it's the missing peace. And uh, I brought to you part three and the summary goes like this. It says, every person desires peace. How many of you can say that you want peace, peace of mind, peace to be able to go to sleep, lay your head on your pillow, sleep all night. I want peace. Amen. So it says here, peace in the family, peace in the home in relationships, amen to that, in the workplace, how many of you would agree to that one, etc. And when we find peace, we tend to hold on tightly to uh, peace in hopes that it will last forever. Realistically, we know that that doesn't take place. However, there is a peace that goes beyond our circumstances, one that is rarely described into words, but one that is offered by the one, and that's a capital O, the one that can provide in dis, uh, it provided provide this peace despite pain and suffering. Uh, how many of you can agree with me that, um, especially during during these holiday months, I was having a, a table talk with my son, uh, Pastor Ricky Jr. recently, and we were talking about that, that the fact that these months uh, of holiday seasons bring about a lot of pain and a lot of suffering to many. Um, <clears throat> but despite that pain and that suffering, we can still find peace, peace with God and the peace of God. Amen. So the battle for peace always begins in our minds. 
that's one of the reasons we touch on the topic of our minds so much in our church. We have had countless of uh, messages and series pertaining to the battle of the mind. And also, if you recall, a couple of years ago, we brought a series entitled Perfect Peace. Amen? And uh, <clears throat> in a time like today, we need His perfect peace to envelop us. And we can rest assured to say that only God can give us that peace when we watch the things that are happening in, happening in our world, in the news, on social media, bad news that you receive from your friends and from your family. How many of you can agree with me that we need His perfect peace to surround us and to envelop us? Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. And that's the key there, that His mind or her mind is stayed on the Lord. And that's how He keeps us in that perfect peace. Peace, hallelujah. You may know that the Hebrew word for peace here is shalom, which means to be well, happy, prosperous, and at peace. And we can all agree that at some point in time we encounter problems in our lives. That is a given. We live in this world, right? And it's definitely not a perfect one. Peace is not found in the absence of problems. True peace can only be found in the presence of God. So when we abide in Him and He in us, we can experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. Look at this verse, Psalm 119, 165 in the ESV version says, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. That's a very beautiful and interesting uh, short uh, verse. Can we agree that none of us are immune to pain? We're not immune to sorrow. We're not immune to trouble. We're not Im immune to trials and tribulations. However, as believers and as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, those of us who are in covenant relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, we can avoid the pitfalls of sin by obeying and love and loving His laws. I'm not talking about the 613 old laws in, in the Old Testament, I mean. Um, but I, I'm, I'm speaking that according to this verse, we have great peace when we love His law, when we love God's ways, when we follow His ways, when we do the things that we know we're supposed to do for God, when we obey His ways. Amen? So th this is what I mean by that. When we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're in His will, that we are doing the things that God wants us to do, and we're not going away from those things. So today, I want to talk about having peace with God. Just that little tiny word, with, makes a whole lot of difference, doesn't it? Peace with God. You see, because when we are at peace with God, it becomes easier to go through situations that might cause us to be anxious or without peace. Amen? Why? Because we're in good standing with Him. We're in good standing with God. The most important person we can ever be in good standing with is 
him. Can I get an amen to that? Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I know we touched on joy in the month of August, and now we're looking at peace. We looked at peace in the month of uh, September. You know, I think it's interesting that um, the Lord had me wait until now, right in the middle of the month of December to bring this message. And this message is for someone. I am certain of that. I'm certain that there are not just someone, but many of you that need to hear this message again. The missing piece, as our series is entitled, is as, as, we, as we discuss joy in August, and now we're looking at the missing piece as our uh, series was entitled. Okay, so the Matthew Henry commentary says about the word peace, peace with God and conscience, or a peaceableness of temper and behavior towards others. Peace with God and conscience. I read that line and immediately thought about this piece uh, that we entitled in this series as I was studying to prepare this message. Now, I could talk to you about having peace in the midst of trials. I can talk to you or bring you a sermon about having the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus. And I'm certainly sure that you have heard many preachings on that subject. But again, what I want to bring to you today is just a little bit of a different take. So I sense to talk about having peace with God. And, and how, how many times has a word, just a small word, just been either changed or looked at in a different form and it makes a world of difference. It brings uh, light uh, to uh, to this subject in a different way. And so that's what I want to bring to you. I, I, I pray that you understand where I'm coming from today. You know, interestingly enough that when uh, I heard uh, Pastor Ricky Jr., uh, when he gave this message at the start of September during this series, he alluded to uh, somewhat different, uh, somewhat of the same theme a few times. He preached a different message, but he did touch on this a few times, and I thought that that was kind of interesting. I wondered if people really captured that when he was giving the message, and then I came along to part three and brought the same message with just a little bit of a different take. But I always find that interesting because it's clear to me that our Heavenly Father wants to bring something to our attention. When you hear, hear the same scripture or you hear someone bringing the same sermon or along those same lines, I would urge you to pay attention because I believe that the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention. So let's look at Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we, and some scriptures uh, have led us, have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In essence, having peace with God means that our sin debt has been paid by Jesus, by his precious blood, and that we are made righteous. Glory to God for that. If we would not have that, 
we would have nothing. Amen. God now sees us as righteous when we come into covenant with him through his son, Jesus Christ. This is, in fact, that missing piece that people are looking for. Peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, that so many people are looking for. Amen. I'm sure that I can ask you individually how many people you know of that just don't have peace. They live in this life of turmoil. They live in this life of constant complain or constant um, just a, a, a way of, of, of not being thankful and always looking at the wrong things of life or looking at the challenges of life or the tribulations that come their way and they don't have a true relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, thereby missing that peace that they so desire. We as human beings by nature are sinful people and enemies of God. We tend to want to be our own little G gods, follow, follow our own rules, and think of only numero uno, ourselves, right? We are yet but filthy rags compared to God's holiness. And because God is perfect and holy, our sin cannot be overlooked and punishment is thereby demanded. No matter how much we try on our own, it doesn't matter how much we attempt to clean ourselves outwardly, we will always be at odds with him and we will never have peace with God until we accept his free gift of salvation. Can I get an amen to that? Pastor Ricky Jr. also mentioned on the onset of this series that if we are in disobedience with God, then don't expect peace. If we are in disobedience, if we are in outright disobedience with God, then we cannot expect peace. He said that when structure and order is removed, when disobedience to God's word and his ways becomes commonplace, chaos ensues and peace forever evades us. When we make our own rules, it is a slippery slope. But when we align ourselves with God and his commands, with his order, the way he called us to live, then we find peace with God. Let's look at some more verses here together with me. In case you're writing notes, Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And then we have Hebrews 10.22 and it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from all evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at Colossians 2.14. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And then 1 Peter 1.24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Hallelujah. You see, all of our wicked deeds and sins have been carried to the cross 
by Jesus. When we surrender our hearts and our lives to him, we therefore inherit peace. Did you catch that? I'm going to repeat that. All of our wicked deeds and sins have been carried to the cross by Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the living son of God. When we surrender our hearts and our lives to him, we then inherit peace. Yes, a peace that surpasses understanding, yet also a peace that we have never had before. You see, when we were part of, uh, well, we are, were of the world and we were in disobedience to God, when we had not accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, when we, we were not in covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we, can't, we couldn't say that we had this inherited peace that only comes from him. We couldn't say that. And the people that live in this world that do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ cannot truly say that they have this supernatural peace. I will dare to say that it is a supernatural peace. Why? Because the Bible is clear. It is a peace that surpasses all understanding. It is one uh, peace it is a peace that we cannot express into words to anyone because it's, it's an inner peace that only He can give us. The world can offer you a temporary peace. Perhaps other religions can offer you somewhat of a peace. Oh, I'm very happy with this religion. I'm very happy with this, these ways of of following this religion, whatever it might be. But in reality, that is not that supernatural peace that only God, Jehovah God, the creator of it all, can provide. So, this is something to rejoice about because it's only found in God. Having peace with God means that our conscience is cleared. We are then reconciled to him. So, so picture this, you're living in the world. You are not in covenant relationship with God through Christ, his son. And we are not, uh, you are not in it uh, with a conscience that is cleared yet. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you come into a covenant relationship with him, then that means that your conscience is cleared and then you are you have been then reconciled to him. When we once needed saving, we now have salvation. When we once uh, were dead in our sin, we have been promised life eternal. You see, no other religion, no person, no government, no thing, no place, no nothing can offer you life eternal. That's only found through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other road. There's no other way. There's no other avenue to take. There's no detour. No, it is only found in Jesus Christ our Lord. When we once were dead in our sin, we have been promised life eternal when we come to a relationship with him when we come to him truly and honestly and ask for forgiveness and open up our hearts to the one true god forsaking all other little gods little g gods that heaviness that we carried for so long is lifted and we are and we no longer need to carry it any longer 
How many of you are, are aware of individuals who carry a super huge burden and weight and they cannot find peace? Maybe you're watching this or listening to this today and you are that person. You have a tremendous amount of burden in your heart and in your life and you can't seem to shake it off. Give it to Jesus and surrender your heart and your life to Him. You might look at me or you might hear this and just, you know, roll your eyes and say, how can it be that simple? Well, it is. It is. And when you receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior, you thereby inherit this peace. You, you need to receive it. You need to receive that peace. And just ask the Holy Spirit to comfort you in every area that you need comfort in. Amen? The weight of sin is taken and our conscience is made clean from all evil. We are a new creation. That's what happens when you give your life to Jesus. And He sees us as His righteous sons and daughters. We are now adopted into His family and we are able to come boldly into His presence before His throne. We are now in right standing with God Almighty and His promises are for us. You see, that's, that's something that is just absolutely inexplicable. All of the promises that are written in the Word of God, when you come into a place of surrendering your heart and your life to Him and you give yourself to Him wholeheartedly, all of the promises that are in God's Word, we inherit them. They're for us. Because then we become grafted into the family of God. Amen? And so His promises are for us. We have an inheritance that we never thought possible before when we were once living apart from Him. How many of you love inheritances? You know, or uh, have heard of people that have um, passed on and they've left their entire inheritances on a friend or or maybe it's been you, the one that's been the, the, uh, the receiver of an inheritance. Well, glory to God. But I can share with you a higher inheritance, a more powerful inheritance, an eternal inheritance that will not fade away like money fades away or like material things in this world fade away. And that inheritance is only given and brought through God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I want you to understand this. I want you to put stock into this and think about it extensively. We are then now co-heirs with Christ. That's what the Bible says. And that's extraordinarily profound. We are co-heirs with Him. We have inherited everything that Christ has. We've inherited it because we are co-heirs with Him. My goodness, just the thought of that has to bring a smile to our face, has to bring joy into our hearts, and most definitely has to give us peace. Amen? No other form of religion can ever offer any of what God has promised us. Listen to me closely. No other religion can offer what God can offer us and what God has promised us. I want you to really think about that. Think about that. We no longer have to fear death because we've been promised eternal life with Him. If that doesn't give you peace, I really don't know what else will. 
From the beginning of time, humans were created to live in peace with God, in unity with Him. We were created to be part of His divine counsel. It was sin that put a wedge between God and man, and unfortunately, it continues to do so in our day and age. <coughs> the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, according to Romans 6, 23. So, how do we know we are in right standing with God, resulting in having peace with Him? I'm going to give you some practical ways here, and wherever it is that you're at, maybe you can rewind this uh, if you're not sitting in a place where you can jot these down. They're very simple. It's just a practical way. And uh, if you are sitting in a place, jot these down and jot these verses down. Number one, through salvation. So again, how do we know that we're in right standing with, with God, resulting in having peace with Him? Number one, through salvation. I just mentioned it. I just explained it to you. First, you receive Him into your life. You surrender your heart to Him, and you give Him all of you. Not a little piece, not a little portion, like I was telling our church the other day. You know, maybe don't touch this part, Jesus. I don't want you to touch that part, but everything else you can have of me. No, give Him your whole heart. Give Him every area of your life. Give Him every concern, every burden, every hurt, every pain, every void. Give it to Him. Ask Him to forgive you and your sins and promise Him you will live for Him all the days of your life. Romans 10, <clears throat> 8 through 13 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. As a matter of fact, this is the very verse that the Lord gave us when we initiated our church. Well, we um, had a name change actually some years back and we changed it according to Romans 10 uh, and this scripture verse in, in, in verse 8. That is the word of faith. That is, that is why we are called Word of Faith Global Ministries. It's not for any other reason but the fact that God gave us this name for our church out of Romans 10, 8. And then it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, that's how simple it is. Verse number nine gives you the salvation um, criteria, the uh, salvation recipe, <laughs> whatever it is that you want to call it. But that is there, right there in front of you. Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth, you see, you have to confess it with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So if you're out there today and you say, you know what, I do, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I truly believe in my heart that God did raise Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I know that we go through this a prayer that many churches do. We do it all the time. But <clears throat> by you uh, confessing that and by you opening up your mouth and surrendering, just literally saying to Jesus, I give everything to you. I, I, I commit my life to you, Jesus. And I do confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe with my heart that God, your Father, my Father, raised you from the dead. 
the Bible says you'll be saved. Then you are you have become the 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 one who has inherited salvation, peace, and all of the promises found in God's word. Watch what verse 10 says. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Verse 11 says, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. There it is. He bestows his riches on all who call on him. Amen. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. So jot that down, Romans 10, 8 through 13. Without surrendering your life to God, believing in His Son, Jesus, as your, as your Savior, and developing a deep relationship with Him, there is no other way to live at peace with God and of being in right standing with Him. So that's number one, through salvation. Number two, you keep a posture of repentance. Number two, keep a posture of repentance. It's important for us to have a posture of repentance every time we sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's what Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and all have fall short of the glory of God. So we must always keep a humble heart before Him. You know, there are many things and many times that we might think of something that we know is not pleasing to God. Or we might say or act or react or talk to someone or say something or, or commit a little sin, quote, end quote. But there, there are so many ways that we sin against God. So we have to keep that posture of repentance at all times. God, maybe I said something or I... Or, or I gossiped or I sinned against you and I didn't even realize it because I just went with the flow and I'm my, my, my nature, my human nature is to sin against you. I apologize. I repent and I self-correct and I ask you to forgive me. That is a way of being at peace with God. The book of Revelation is a perfect example of what Jesus expects from us. His church. We are His church. Amen. And, you know, we're currently studying this topic with the women's group on the seven churches in Revelation, the, in Revela the book of Revelation, the, the message that Jesus brought to the seven churches. <clears throat> and it's a phenomenal study. But throughout the seven letters to the churches in the book of Revelation, we're introduced with the characteristics of each church. And it's followed by a compliment. It's followed by a commendation or a special praise, a rebuke, a criticism or command, and also a warning, a warning. Basically, we find a report card of sorts that Jesus is delivering to these seven churches. And we also see that a special blessing was promised to each of the churches if they persevered or would or would persist in overcoming. A warning of repentance is a common theme throughout the messages to the churches, with the exception of the church in Smyrna and in Philadelphia. We notice that seven times the Lord says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Time and time again. Jesus gives these churches the opportunity, listen close, the opportunity to self-correct, 
to repent. For example, to Ephesus in Revelation 2, 4 and 5, he says, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you, first ha you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from, from its place unless you repent. Those are some very, very hard words. To Pergamum in Revelation 2, 15 through 16, he says, So also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you and war against them with the sword of my mouth. Once again, very harsh words, but needed words because he needed the churches to repent. How many times does he not need us to repent? So therefore, we must always have a posture of repentance. Watch this to Thyatira, Revelation 2, 21 through 22. I gave her, he's talking here about Jezebel, time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works. To Sardis, in Revelation 3, 3, Jesus says, remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Again, time and time again, he brings this rebuke. And finally, everyone knows about Laodicea. To Laodicea in Revelation 3, 19 through 20, Jesus says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus here about knocking on the door is not, is, he's not talking about the outside world. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church. But I love how he says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. And then he gives us the opportunity to repent. Since we have a tendency to fall and to sin against God, we must develop a daily communion with him and be quick, be quick to hear what the Spirit says and also be quick to repent when we must. We obtain right standing with God and having peace with him through number three, obedience. Obedience. Jesus said in John 14, 15 through 24, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Where, whoever, verse 21, whoever has my commandments 
and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Aren't these beautiful, beautiful verses out of Jesus' mouth? Watch this, verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him and will and will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine but my Father, but the Father's who sent me. When we obey his word and his commandments, we are one with the Father. We are one with Jesus. He in us, us in him. We are grafted in him. We are united in him. We are one with the Father, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We therefore have peace with him. An abundance of blessings await those who obey God. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28 says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. So you see, God is not a cruel God who is mad all the time waiting to bring fire brimstone upon humanity. Many, many people unfortunately view him that way, but that's nothing further from the truth. If that's your view of Jehovah God, then you really don't know him. You're really not in covenant with him if you think that that's who God is. He is so gracious, he is so merciful, that he gives us free will, the choice to obey him or not. But listen, when we do obey, when we do choose to obey him, then we're promised his insurmountable blessings and his peace. Who doesn't want that? Amen? Well, to review the points that I just discussed with you today, salvation, having... Uh, to gain peace with God is through salvation, through repentance, and through obedience. Now I ask you something this evening. If you're, not, if you're not in right standing, you know that you're not in right standing with God. Would you make today a day of decision by choosing to obey God and His Word? By surrendering His your life, your heart to Jesus Christ? If that's you today, if you're, if you're ready to just give up on all this other stuff that's been going on around you and give it to God instead and surrender your heart and your life to Him, would you just repeat this prayer after me and say, God, I need you. I repent of my sins. I know I fall short. I choose to obey you today. And I receive your son Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you, God, raised him from the dead. And I know that according to your word, if I have done that, if I have said that, if I've surrendered, if I've believed, I will be saved. And I thank you for that. And then ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, 
Teach me the ways of God so that I may walk with him every single day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer from your heart, welcome to the family of God. Welcome into his family. You have therefore now been grafted in. And listen, receive his promises. Receive the inheritances, the inheritance that is yours now, rightfully yours, because you have given your heart and your life to Jesus. Now I would encourage you to walk in his ways. Read the Bible. Begin in the book of John if you've never read the Bible before in your life. If you have, then go back for, to the very beginning and read it through and ask the Holy Spirit, to reveal God's word in your heart and in your life that you can walk in his ways then the next thing I would say is get baptized you need to get baptized if you got if you have gotten baptized before then do it again if you want if you feel you know ask the Lord if that's something that he would want you to do it's a, like a recommitment of your life to him and then thirdly plug into a church plug into a church Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, a church that will preach the word of God, uh, the uncompromised word of God, that will call out whatever needs to be called out and not sugarcoat or water down God's word. There's too many churches nowadays that water down the word of God. Find yourself a church that will that will preach and teach the pure word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And if you're in the city of Miami-Dade County, the Broward County area, we invite you to come to our church. We teach and preach this word, pure, pure word of God without compromise. And we're located in the city of Miami Springs. We're currently meeting at the Seventh-day Adventist Church there that we're renting that location. And that address is 701 Curtis Parkway in the city of Miami Springs. You can find out more information through our website at wordoffaithglobal.org. But I'm going to ask you, if you need repenting, today is the opportunity to self-correct. Like the word says for the church in Laodicea, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Will you let him in? If you have a relationship with Jesus and maybe you haven't been walking right with him, get back. Get back to him. Do that self-correct. Do that about face and repent and say, I'm sorry, God, I haven't done things, I haven't done things right. I will do things right now. And so give it to him. Give your worries, your concerns, those things that cause you not to have peace. Listen, if you've been away from church for a long time, get back to church. Get back to to maybe the church that you um, that that you know you you've been wanting to attend or or you've been thinking about going back to whatever the case may be. Again, a church that will that will preach God's word without without compromise. So, I ask you this evening, has this been a blessing to you? Because I'm telling you, when I, when I have messages like this that God puts in my heart, it ministers to me first before I deliver it to anybody. So in reality, let's see, I gave this message in September. It didn't go live in its entirety. And um, I gave it today. So I've, it's really been three times because the Lord gave it to me first before I gave it to church. I gave it at church and I'm delivering it again now. 
Three times the Lord has given me this message. Twice for you. Maybe it's the first time you're listening to it. That means that He wants us to be at peace with Him. He wants us to have peace with Him. Amen? So thank you so much for joining me tonight. Let me close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this marvelous word that you have so enriched our hearts and our lives with today. I pray, Lord God, that it will penetrate into the hearts and minds of your people today. And Lord, I pray that it will produce good fruit as it's been deposited in good soil. So I thank you for your word, O oh God. I pray a blessing for each and every listener in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Be sure to share this message, like it, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and be sure to give us a rating on our podcast as well. God bless you. We love you. We'll be with you again soon. Don't miss Sunday service, 10 a.m., and we'll see you once again on Wednesday nights as well. God bless. Take care, and we love you.